Next on BYU Sports Nation, the final three. A trifecta of games remain for BYU football this season. Why do they matter? It is a Hoops game day. Greg Rubel, the voice of the Cougars, will join us in the studio to discuss tonight. And the latest on Nick Emery. Plus the head coach of ninth-ranked BYU women's volleyball, Heather Olmstead, and Jimmer goes off again. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Great to have you with us, everyone, alongside Jerem Jordan, the Oshkosh Bagosh model of the day. I am Spencer Linton. This is your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Yes, but at one time, you were a child star, weren't Let's you? Let's let bygones be bygones. By the way, Twitter is uh, 280 for, like, everybody. It has now, now made the official the transition. Game. I don't like it. Why did they have to double it? Like, why? What, 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 who was pressing Now there's all that? these tools using all 280. <laughs> oh, this doesn't make any sense to me at all. Exactly. We're no Use closer to getting savings. Dave Rose onto Twitter now. You've upset the man. Well, he's on the, he's on the gram. He hasn't added me, but he's on the ground. I'm working on it. Uh, what will happen first? BYU makes the NCAA tournament hoops, or I get added by Dave Rose? I think I you, get added. You I think will be I get added, added by Dave Rose. I think once you start producing yeah. BYU basketball with Dave Rose. 20 days away. I, I think that the, uh, the guard will be let down. Let's go. And you'll be on the Rose Graham. The, uh, the Rose Graham. <laughs> Rose-colored Graham. <laughs> yeah. And then you know you've made it in life. When you've been accepted into the circle of trust for Dave yeah, Rose yeah. in his social media circle. I thought this show helped me in that, but it's not true. Uh, so I want that. You mentioned the greatest Nicolas Cage movie yesterday. I want to weigh in on this. It's Raising Arizona. Absolutely. It's Raising Arizona. Or National Treasure. Significantly, we have to steal the Declaration of Independence. In my opinion, significantly underrated movies done by Nicolas Cage are one. Wouldn't all of them be... Over or underrated. None of them are rated correctly. None of them are underrated, really. I think Family Man is underrated. I've never seen that one. You need to watch it. I just am that guy. I wasn't expecting much when I went to see it. Well, therein lies the issue. I mean, it's like it, when I go see uh, you know, Justice League. I, I was it. pleasantly it surprised. Is. Jeremy Piven's in that movie. Hmm. Taya Leone. Like, it's a good cast. Uh, who else? Um, oh, man. I can't think of his name. He's the bomb expert in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, I don't know. You the, don't. This, you, the, we're off to a ripper run. <laughs> Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle's Don in that Cheadle. movie. Yes. Don Cheadle. Great cast. Fantastic. And, and you don't. You don't need to watch it because you're just. You are just, the family. I just man. am the family man. Oh, I don't right. Watch. I live it. I had uh, 80 replies to the greatest Nicolas Cage movie yesterday. Well, when you're two and eight, you get <laughs> topics like that uh, more interesting, I guess. Right. <laughs> He's a polarizing figure. It's just a fun conversation. Bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU basketball hosts Colorado College tonight in their second and final exhibition game of the season. The Cougars will play without guard Nick Emery. Not just in tonight's game, but Saturday's season opener against Mississippi Valley State as well. Head coach Dave Rose addressed Emery's situation to the media yesterday. 
Dave Rose and the quote on Nick Emery. Nick won't play this week for sure. It is kind of part of the plan, and we are still trying to figure out information from the NCAA. He won't be available. Continuing, I wanted to get ready for our Saturday game. There is no reason to play a guy that is not going to play, in my opinion. So that's where we are, end quote. Yeah, that if BYU gets an answer as to what's going on with Nick Emery, then he wouldn't play anyways if he's out for some games. So it sounds like BYU's playing it safe in that opinion. Also, you don't know how long if he's out for some few a few games, so you might as well kind of build around the other guys for now. And then if and when he's ready, we don't have a lot of answers with this situation yet. All we know is that Nick Emery's not playing tonight. And not playing Saturday. This is exactly opener. what we had talked about earlier. BYU had to put together yes, a B plan to prepare for the worst case scenario, which was Nick not playing. They have done that, so this is not a huge shock. Tonight's game, again, BYU TV 9 Eastern. BYU Radio's pregame coverage starts at 8 Eastern. The Cougars taking on Colorado College. Jimmer Fredette scored 50 points yesterday. In a one- yes, lots of that. In a 114-105 Shanghai Sharks win over the Sichuan Blue Whales. So it wasn't a tiger or a lion. That is good. Or dragon. Besides the half a hundy, Fredette also had 10 boards, 9 assists, and 3 steals. All legal. Oh, good to know that that happened. And 1 assist shy of a triple-double, by the way. He messed around and almost got a triple-double. Today was a good day, he said. BYU football one day closer to Friday's game against UNLV in Las Vegas. BYU's never lost to the Rebels in Vegas. 8-0. It remains uncertain. Stop it. It remains uncertain who will start for the Cougars at quarterback, but head coach Kalani Satake told Greg Rebell in last night's BYU football with Kalani Satake that he still has high expectations for his team. Well, all I care about is this next one and trying to find a way to win. That's um, that's the key is, is winning this game. We're going to be in Vegas. We'll have a, a strong following as as we always do everywhere we go play. And um, I think in, in order for us to, to win, we need to be aggressive again, and regardless of who's playing at quarterback. Coach Satake also said last night that Tanner Mangum underwent successful surgery on his Achilles yesterday. Coverage of Friday's BYU at UNLV game begins at 9.30 Eastern with countdown to kickoff on BYU TV. Radio pregame for the footballers begins at 8.30 Eastern. Your boy Spencer Linton will be live at... Uh... Cougar Stadium South, as Brian Keel once called. Interested to see what kind of a turnout is there for both teams. UNLV is competing to potentially score a bowl game, mm-hmm. and BYU be like. just trying to get a win. Yeah, interesting. Four BYU soccer players received All West Coast Conference honors: Taylor Isom and Maddie Matthews, named to the All Conference First Team. Well done, Michaela Coolahan, All Freshman Team, and Nadia Gomes <laughs> received an honorable mention. She was the Player of the Year two years ago. Rise and shout. Time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The final three. Three games left. What can BYU accomplish in those final three games? Because a lot has already been done through the first ten. Uh, yeah. Understatement of the century. So what can BYU do over the final three games to make fans, everyone associated with BYU in the stretch Y, feel better, motivated? I, I don't know. 
We're asking we don't you have today. Time to... <laughs> this is only an hour show. We don't have time to answer that. We're asking you today with today's Twitter question. Why do the final three BYU football games matter? Use hashtag BYUSN. Of course, every game matters, but every game matters. Or does it? Or does it? Weigh in. Uh, at YFangirl underscore JB. For their pride, for the seniors, for the fans, for next year, for proof that they're better than this. How much of that can be proven in the final three games? Now, is, herein lies a, a, a question for me. How much of a difference is there between five wins and two wins? Because the damage has been done. There was, there's this massive crater in the ground known as the 2017 BYU football season. You can pile some dirt on it and cover it up a little bit. But we've all seen how deep that crater was, okay, and the damage that it did. Well, how much dirt can the final three games not a ton. provide? To me, not a ton. There's only really one thing that matters in the final three games to me. Sure, I want BYU to win the next three and just feel a little better. Winning always feels good. Wait, you're okay? telling me that if you looked at a record that said 2-11 and 11 instead of 5-8, and eight, it wouldn't really matter that much to you? Well, I don't look at it that way. I've seen every game intimately and I know talked that. every day, and it's different. We know that BYU know, started 2-8 and eight, no matter what happens. But three okay? years from now, if you look back and thought, saw 2-11 and 11 or 5-8, and eight, you can't tell me you wouldn't feel at least a little bit different about that. A little bit, but the means, there's always means to the end. And the means have been that the offense has been epically bad. I will never forget that, okay? And then it wasn't that good last year either, and Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams made up for a myriad of offensive sins, if you will. The only thing I'm really looking at in the last three games is because Tanner Mangum is out with an Achilles, and one, he wasn't good enough, as Kalani Satake said, through the first ten games, is establishing a quarterback and some semblance of hope slash improvement towards spring ball. Tanner Mangum is not going to be in spring ball by all indications with a, an Achilles injury. If he was, that'd be awesome, but chances are he's he had not. surgery. He's not going to be so in spring establish ball. a quarterback if you can. I don't even know if BYU will. Who's, who's starting this Friday? Is it Joe Critchlow? Does he lead BYU to a win? Does he show us some stuff? Does he look good? Then he'd probably be the guy going into spring ball. Will Cody Wilstead play at all? Is Bo Hodge healthy enough to play at this point? It's just a bunch of question marks for BYU football right now in a lot of areas. So to me, do the games matter? Yes, uh, in establish, trying to establish a quarterback. Do you feel like, let's just say hypothetically speaking, Bo Hodge or Joe Critchlow get things rolling and then they go into spring ball with some momentum because they played well in the final three games. That'd be nice. That that then puts them in the driver's seat to be the guy starting for BYU in 2018. Can they, can they do enough in the final yeah. three to solidify themselves as the number one? One of them, yes. But it'd have to be one guy balling out. If it's mixed, there's nobody. Because in this situation, if you have two, you have none. Then it's right. a clear, open competition, including Tanner Mangum coming off of injury. Yeah, because when is Tanner Mangum going to be ready? Will he even be ready for the season in August? We don't know the answer to that question. Sometimes why, these can take up to a year. Why do the final three BYU football games matter? And for me, Jerem, and this is a sensitive topic, but let's be fair and real to the situation. Because things have gone downhill in such a hurry, everybody's pointing fingers. Everybody wants somebody to be held accountable, right? And This in, is all fair. In the business yeah. of yeah. college football, those that are held accountable are the coaches. In wins, when a team wins a lot, coaches 
get too much credit. When a team loses a lot, they probably take too much of the blame. But still, you have to have somebody in a position of leadership that is held accountable, right? That's to be a leader is to be. And the coaches are there. They are playing for job security. It's an unfortunate, terrible situation to be in. But these final three games matter for the coaches because they're trying to establish some sort of positive momentum and energy moving forward to say, look, we have dealt with all of this and we are now turning the corner to try and show you that we can get better as a unit. Some of the damage has been done already. Totally. Totally. And we'll see how it shakes out in the offseason. I don't want you know anyone to get fired, but that's the reality. But of the these, that, it's an unfortunate reality, but they know what they sign up for, and they're the first ones to admit it. They know what's on the line. They know the pressure of this. Guys, Support is great. You know, the cost can be great. Yes. Guys are coaching for their livelihood. Again, they want to establish a culture of momentum and something positive moving forward. They also, Jerem, want to avoid equaling our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The last time BYU had nine losses in a season, 1955. What? 62 years. Woo! Um, if BYU loses one more game, nine losses. What are some historical things that happened in 1955, Jerem? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Nobody cares. Oh, I think people do care because it's been a very, very long time. <laughs> I, 1955. At least BYU had that uh, that win against Cal State Los Angeles. That was a big win that year. I remember that one. That was a good one. <sighs> one BYU's and nine. BYU only awesome played 10 game. games that year. They lost nine of them. Yeah. BYU had no for season in 49, I think. At least it's <sighs> not that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Let's keep it rolling on Twitter. <laughs> With thoughts of 1955 in mind. <laughs> it's wintertime. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join us. Why do the final three BYU football games matter? At COL underscore James 83. Recruiting, respect, and restoration of hope. Hashtag not all 280 needed. Thank you. Thank you for that. How much can the final three impact recruiting? I... <sighs> Because the, se- the season has played out the way it has, how much can you recover from it? Coming up, the head coach of the ninth-ranked women's volleyball team, Heather Olmstead, joins us later in the program. But first, the voice, Greg Rebell, joins us in Studio B for his weekly conversation. What the heck is going on with football and why everyone should be really excited about basketball? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to Studio B. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation happening right now on Twitter about the final three. Follow at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN. It's a game day for the men's hoopsters tonight, the final exhibition before the season begins. And how many days? We'll get to that later. Against Colorado College. 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Pre-game coverage on BYU Radio starts at 8 Eastern. Why do the final three BYU football games matter? We discussed BYU trying to avoid equaling our stat of the day, which is losing nine games for the first time since 1955. Jerem, in 1955, 
Rosa Parks was arrested for refusing to move to the back of the bus. Well, it's a very different time now. It's been a long time. Also, Tokyo Telecommunications began selling its first transistor radios. That was the last time BYU lost nine games. That was the precursor to Sony. Okay, Sony did Mm. not exist. Who used? Uh, But Xbox did. Transistor radios. Xbox did exist in '55. (laughs) It's been so long. So, yes, BYU is playing for a measure of pride, including that. At Twiggy or Stone tweets, in time to figure out things that work. Need some kind of momentum for the offseason. Throw every crazy idea out there and see what sticks. Is it machine gun mode right now? Has BYU entered the machine gun method where they're just firing off bullets, seeing what works? It can't get much worse. So the the build towards next year is 100% valid. Greg Rebell joins us, the voice of the Cougars in Studio B. What's up, Greg? After a successful up, boys? BYU football with Kalani Satake show last night. Always entertaining, my friend. Oh, you know. We do what we can. Spencer was in it. We had you waiting <laughs> that, at the end. Spencer had a cameo. Yeah, that I, that I was. hosting next week. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for allowing Greg's me Greg's hitting to do the that. road to yeah. New Jersey. Yeah, it's Th- going to That be time fun. of year for Greg. Okay, Greg, uh, you've heard some of our conversation about the final three games. Why do the final three matter for BYU football? <sighs> well... You're not going to have a winning record, and you're not going to the postseason, and nothing else larger than that ever came into play. So the big goals are all done with, right? So I go back to what Mark Lyons always tells me. Greg, my boy, he says, (laughs) the game matters because it's the next chance to go on out there with your teammates, put the Y on, and and beat the other guys. And that's what it comes down down to now, three times. And so uh, whether it's for the seniors or for building for next year, it's a chance to compete, beat the other guys with the Y on your chest and your helmet, and, uh, and play well. Let's just say that BYU wins the final three, and they finish 5-8. and eight. And it, the worst possible scenario is they don't win any, and they finish 2-11. and 11. Okay, yes, I will don the blue goggles. <laughs> <laughs> Let's BYU say they wins finish the next three. Oh, it's looking five good. 5-8. Okay, okay. How much of a different feel would that have to you for the Cougars to be 5-8 and eight instead of 2-11? and 11? Winning beats losing, Spencer. Yeah, agreed. Winning agreed. Always awesome. beats losing. Agreed. And whether you win your last three or your last game, uh, winning is all that matters at this point. Yeah. So it's you know, I, guys, we're we're really just looking to, to see the guys rally together, finish strong, and 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 beat three teams, none of whom have a losing record, right? None of the teams that are playing left have a winning record. Winning record, yes. Yeah. All of them have losing. They're records. all yeah. losing. So I mean, you know, you look at that, and before the season, we would have said, "Well, those are games you win." Well, at two and eight, you don't know that, so you just hope that. And uh, yeah, you know, the Cougars and- trying to spoil the Rebels' bull hopes. Well, that that is what it comes down to. Uh, they've got three games left, and they need to win two uh, to get bowl eligible. I think their last two games are UNM and Nevada. I think. So they could still get it. Uh, and, you know, we always know that five and sevens can also get in if you get down to the APR game. But, uh, yeah, they're playing for bowl eligibility. BYU didn't have that anymore. They had it last week, but they don't anymore. So they're playing to spoil somebody else's postseason hopes and keep that uh, perfect Las Vegas record alive. That's uh, right. They've never lost to UNLV in Las Vegas, uh, 8-0 all time. Yeah. Uh, BYU football is, uh, has three games left. I, I said that I want to see some kind of quarterback continuity. That way, going into spring, it's like, okay, remember the last three games? Whether it's so-and-so Joe played well. Yes, yeah. or Bo Hodge, or yeah. even Cody Wilson. We'll, yeah. we'll see. To me, that's kind of the main thing. What's the main thing for you in the last three games here? Well, I think what we're going to see is, is what the coaches are thinking about next year's quarterback situation. If, if they were to – first of all, let's first of all state that you know Bo Hodge – isn't 100% and may not get there 
or stay there the rest of the season. Um, so that's that's something to consider. Even if, even if, if you got the first snaps Friday, there's no guarantee. To, no guarantee he's the guy for the whole game or the rest of the season because of his health situation. It's been touch and go. Enter Joe Crystal. Right, and or Cody Wilstead. How do the coaches view next year's competition? If they are truly looking toward next year, they want to. They, they want to. They want to may. They may want to give uh, the two youngest guys there uh, the most looks possible here in the last three games. They've already seen what Bo can do. They know what Bo can do. Uh, they, know what he, they know what he can do healthy, and they know what he can do when he's not quite 100%. They've seen that. They haven't seen probably enough of the other guys. And this would give them a head start on next year. And, again, you're not playing for, um, you know, uh, accomplishments this year beyond go play your best and win some games. So there's a chance to look ahead. The ideal situation after these final three games going into spring ball would be that BYU has a leader in the clubhouse going into – Next season, right at quarterback. Yeah, and you can never have enough good quarterbacks. I mean, they, had, they haven't gone the JUCO route in a while, and and maybe you know, again, you can't have enough good guys competing for the job, as we found. Um, so, you know, I don't think anything's. I don't think all you have now is all you're going to have necessarily. It might be, but it may not be. What is a stat that matters? Because I'm not sure if it's football or basketball. Is it football? It's football today. It's football. Okay, yeah. now's a great time. Yeah. So uh, today's stat deals with what I call the hard yards or the hardest yards or the longest yard, if you will. Uh, what, are the, what are the hard yards in football? The way I look at it, the hardest yards are, are the third and shorts and, and the fourth downs, the, the, the yards you have to have, if you will. Uh, and I'm going to take third and short and, and, and distill it down to third and two. Okay. Third and two or third and one, you've got to convert, right? And if you don't make it there, well, you've got to make it on fourth. So let's take a look at the third and twos, the third and ones, and the fourth downs, how BYU's done last year and this year, because the drop-off's been from last year to this year, right? Last year, BYU converted 72% of hard yard situations. That's third and two or shorter or fourth down. Mm. This year, that number is 43%. A 30% drop in the hard yards. The third and shorts and the fourth downs, when you got to have it Mm. to move the chains. And BYU hasn't had it. And the fourth down number in particular has really dropped off. 63% last year to 22% this year. Now, last year, when it was third and short or fourth down, Jamal and Taysom were accounting for more than half of those hard yard conversions. This year, the guy accounting for more than half of the third and shorts is Ula, and he's not playing. Mm. So they just haven't had the ability to make the hard yards the yards you've got to have when it's on the line the third and shorts the fourth downs they haven't been there this year and they were last year and that's why BYU won as many games as it did last year and didn't win as many as it wanted to this year because when it really came down to it the hardest yards were not gained how much of BYU's struggles can be attributed to absentees on the field whether it be injuries or some other reason Greg well you 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 can't look at this season and not acknowledge the role that personnel lack of continuity played this year. Uh, the, the injury situation was off the charts. Every unit except O-line got hit. Multiple games missed at multiple spots uh, by multiple important players. Uh, literally, Braden L. is the only back to have played every game for BYU this year. The only one. Uh, the only one. You know, I'm, wild. I'm, I'm doing my UNLV boards you know, today, and they've had a little bit of continuity shift at quarterback, but two guys who can play, right? Uh, but but the, the, the backs and the receivers, they use very few of them and concentrate their, their, their throws and carries with, with, with all those guys. And BYU hasn't had any concentrated focus except for Matt Bushman. Now, Matt, Matt, Bush, Matt Bushman is the bright spot of this season. He has set BYU's freshman tight end record for catches and receptions. He's fourth in all-time freshman receptions and sixth in freshman receiving yards with still three games to go. Wow. So, he, so he could be an all-timer in this thing so they've been able to concentrate a lot of looks his way and get productivity but it's really been hit and miss and scatter shot other places 
I just thought of an analogy for this season. Uh, BYU used Amazon Prime, and they got a package that is the roster and kind of the season. They opened up the package. There were a few broken pieces of this. A few? A thing, right? Oh, Ronai Laulu Puchita's another. Francis Bernard. There were a few missing items when they were laying it out, right? Francis Bernard isn't here. Ronai Laulu Puchita isn't here. Ulatolu Tau is here. There's, we're missing a few offensive playmakers in this. And then they went into the season and it just didn't function correctly, right? So here we are with football, three games left. So there's that. All right. We do have a men's basketball game. Yes, indeed. It, it, it's tonight, the final exhibition. So what do you expect to see tonight as BYU gets ready for the season opener Saturday? Well, in the first two exhibitions, uh, the opponent has yet to shoot 40% from the field. Let's see if they can make it three for three. That's a good number, isn't it? Defense. All right. So, uh, uh, and I think, and BYU's yet to shoot under. 50% from the field. So if you're over 50 and they're under 40, you're winning games. Yeah. So let's see if they can do another one of those 50 40s tonight. I'd like to see that. Yeah, as Heath Scheuer would say. Concepts! Concepts! Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to yell at that at you, Greg, during the broadcast. Okay. Concepts! I need to hear it. I need to hear it. Dave Rose told the media yesterday that Nick Emery will not play tonight in the final exhibition or on Saturday in the Cougars season opener against Mississippi Valley State. He's off my board. Who do you expect to fill his role on this team? Okay, well, it's, it's going to go one of two ways. You're either going to have Jashir, Eli, and TJ on the guard line, or you're going to have Eli, TJ, and Zach on the guard line. Those are your two options. And then up front, it's either going to be Yo and Luke or uh, Dalton Yo. So you've really got two front court combinations and two backcourt combinations, and that's really it right now because you've got your top seven. You've got your top seven guys minus Nick Emery, and the guys I just mentioned are all in that group. Those are your seven guys. And so uh, there, aren't, you know, there are a couple of defined combinations you're going to see, and those will be what uh, Dave goes, uh, goes with tonight and moving forward. We've talked about things that we perceive as relevant, but they are not as relevant as, as what we're going to discuss now, Uh-oh. which is a cool thing about Canada. Oh, you, you, you place far too much importance on this segment. Uh, it's, uh, we play an anthem. It's yeah, I, I know, and, 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 that, and, <laughs> and that's a big deal. But uh, there's going to come a time, guys, when I walk in and I say I got nothing. Okay? We're not there <laughs> that's yet. That's impossible, <laughs> dude. We're not there yet. Are you serious? Okay. Uh, we, we associate many things with Canada. Politeness. Um, Maple syrup. Hockey. Great comedians and actors. Curly. And maple syrup being being one of them. And today's uh, trivia tidbit is about maple syrup. Oh, oh, nice. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So did you did did you know? Uh, the only place you can you can make and manufacture maple syrup is in North America. You can't go anywhere else in the world and 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 make it happen. Huh. You know that? It only happens here. In fact, it only maple happens trees? in the northeast of Canada and the US. There's a very defined part of this world in which you can actually make maple syrup. Canada accounts for 75% of the world's maple syrup. That's a lot, isn't it? That is a lot. Also, this image is amazing. <laughs> it's, 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 Put it's, the flag back in. It, that was it, awesome. It's hypnotizing. <laughs> uh, and and, and it's, it's, it's Canada. It, it's Quebec in a runaway is what it is. So, so the top four regions. What did you just say? Quebec. It's, it's Quebec in a runaway. Oh. So you're right. I so it was Quebec. Not Quebec. It's yeah, Quebec. 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 Le Québécois. Uh, listen. There are four regions that lead the world in, in, in maple syrup production. You got your Quebec, you got your Vermont, you got your Ontario, and then you got your New York. So two provinces, two states. But, yes. Ke- but Quebec, far and away. Quebec, most recently, eight million gallons of maple syrup. What in the world? A year. And second place is less than a million gallons of Vermont. That's a distant second. Wow. Dilgeet Taylor's coming up next, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> 
because we're short on time. I need <laughs> no, to we're good. Handle He's your trying to hand you. it off. Yeah. We're good, man. That's, we're good, that's man. That's great. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. Thank you. Yeah, we, we've still got a minute. Oh, we have a minute. Oh, by the way, she's got, by the way, and, and you know, she does the women, Ed does the men. Uh, Rory Linkletter, Canadian. Let's just bring that up right now. Yeah. <laughs> Rory, yes, Rory may be a national champion here in a couple of weeks. I'm excited to see this this uh, group perform. We'll talk to Dilji coming up. I bet at Greg Rebel fan on Twitter thought at, that was so, awesome. Someone created created an account called at Greg Rebel fan. It I, wasn't me, and I it's not his alternative one. That's a different one. Um, I <laughs> I had <laughs> I had uh, that inserted as a Twitter question last night for, on BYU Football Clients Talkie. And uh, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't acknowledge that it was I, I didn't believe it Craig existed. Rebell I fan. didn't believe it existed. Do you see? What, they're following four people and they have, have zero 20- followers. Yeah. Let's get at Greg Rubel fan a follower by the end. Of the <laughs> they're following you, Andrew George, John Beck, and Max Hall. So clearly, it's, group. clearly it's a member of the O uh, nine team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get him a follower. <laughs> get him one follower. I'm not following right. him. Oh, that was highly Let's entertaining. All right. Thank you, Greg. Maple syrup Thanks, for the win. Yeah. I'll see you uh, maybe some of you guys tonight. At we'll see you tonight. Yes. 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 Okay. Quebec. Coming up, Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology. Where do Gonzaga and St. Mary's fit in there? Aha. Uh-huh. Plus, Heather Olmstead talks to us about her team peaking down the stretch. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast nationally on BYU TV. Here's how it works. If you don't have time to watch it in the moment, just do it on demand, anytime, anywhere. And if you missed After Further Review last night, it's coming up right after our show in 27 minutes at 1 p.m. Eastern time as the guys uh, recap Fresno State and preview UNLV. Refreshing today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. We'll tip it off with hoops. See nice. what I did there? Uh, nice. The Cougs host Colorado College tonight. Final exhibition game of the season. The Cougars will play without Nick Emery, not just in tonight's game, but Saturday's season opener against Mississippi Valley State according to head coach Dave Rose. Watch tonight's game live on BYU TV at 9 Eastern. BYU Radio pregame coverage starts at 8 Eastern. And, Jerem, we are one day closer. Countdown to the Delta Delta. Three days away. It's coming up, and it is much needed at 2-8 and eight for Three football. is the number of the day, Jerem. Three games remaining for BYU football. Three, three. days away from BYU basketball and a trifecta of guests. Okay. Joe Lenardi just released his updated bracketology. BYU not in it. Huge shocker. Uh, Gonzaga and St. Mary's, both five seeds, by the way. Ooh. St. Mary's, I... It's yeah. November. Yeah, it's true. Jimmer Fredette scored 50 points in a November win, 114-105, as the Shanghai Sharks beat the Sichuan Blue Whales. Besides the half a hundy, Fredette scored... Also, as well, 10 rebounds, 9 assists, 1 assist shy of a triple-double, and had 3 steals. All of those were legal. BYU football headed to UNLV tomorrow for Friday night's game against the Rebels. Still uncertain who's playing quarterback for the Cougars. Coach Satake said last night that Tanner Mangum had successful surgery yesterday on his Achilles. Coverage of Friday's BYU at UNLV game starts at 9.30 Eastern on BYU TV's Countdown to Kickoff. Radio pregame coverage, 8.30 Eastern. Four BYU soccer players receive all WCC honors highlighted by Taylor Isom and Maddie Matthews, who were named to the all-conference first team. Michaela Coulihan, Nadia Gomes, received honorable mentions. Gomes. Joining us now in Studio B is the head coach of ninth-ranked BYU women's volleyball, Heather Olmstead. The swag up, game is strong as usual, Heather. It's an Olmstead thing. It like, really Sean is. Sean comes in, we're like, those shoes are amazing. Yes, but you do it without neon colors. Yeah. That's possible, right? I try. <laughs> we, we need we need to get on your swag list. Uh, is that possible? Like, 
hey, guys, I just got this jacket. Here's where I got it for how much. Okay. And then we say, yes, please. Okay. Does oh, that work? I can do that. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Uh, we brought up Sean. And so let's, uh, let's start the questioning there. Would you ever let your brother Sean be an analyst for one of your team's matches on TV? Sure, if I got to do it for the men's. Oh, oh snap. Yeah. Oh, snap. <laughs> that would be fun. Would that not be fun? If Steve is sick, we have found an option. Right. Bring it in Heather. Harrison right. Collier, we have found an option. I, I watch their practices almost every day. It's fun to go watch those guys. So I, I kind of know you, what's going on. Can you not imagine really, the insight, Jerem? Oh. I don't have any insight. Oh, it'd Trust be, me. Well, into Sean. When Sean was 14 <laughs> this one time. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, I was there Saturday for match. Spencer was gone. That, that was fun to see. You beat St. Mary's. You have five matches left in the regular season. How do you feel about your team's progress right now? I feel great. I think we had a great week of matches against COP and St. Mary's. Uh, it was nice to bounce back from the previous you know, match against San Diego. I think we improved on quite a few things, and that uh, showed in our matches. We're looking forward to taking that show on the road and seeing if we can just keep getting better. Yeah, the trip to the Northwest, uh, Portland, Gonzaga. Your team, okay, true or false, your team is getting better as we get closer to the NCAA tournament. True. Yes. How yes. So? How so? I think, uh, you know, we have a, a saying in our gym, what, what gets measured gets managed and what get managed gets done. And so our staff does a great job figuring out what we need to get better at and what we're really good at, what our strengths are. Um, and so I think we're paying attention to those type of things, and I think it's showing up. In our play. Now, natural progression and logic would suggest, well, every team gets better as they go throughout the season, right? That's not the case. No. That is not the case. Some get worse, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. So that's a big deal. How do you, how do you measure success? Like you said, you talked about measurement. Yeah, well, win, well wins, are wins are the big, the big you know, one. But also, you know, even when we win and we want to get better, we got to figure out. Uh, we have some gold standards for our team numbers-wise. Our kids have individual standards for themselves. And so we talk about those things. And, again, we, we try and focus on what we're, we're good at and, and make those things even better and then maybe focus on one or two things we want to get better at instead of always just thinking, what, what do we need to get better? I mean, it's hard to go in every day and think that you're not good and you got to get better. We are good. We do a lot of good things, and we want to make those strengths even stronger. How much do you celebrate the victories, if you will? I'm not talking about winning the match. I'm talking about doing the gold standard things. Yeah, it's a big Versus move on, right? Yeah, that's a big deal, and it, it starts in practice. Every day those girls are grinding to get better in practice, and then in matches you're going to compete and not think so much about the things you're thinking about in practice as far as um, technical. You're just letting that muscle memory come out and compete, and our girls, you know, they want to win and they compete, and so a lot of good things happen, and they're paying attention to detail, and, um, you know, we've been able to get a lot of wins that way. What's the number one thing, if you had to pinpoint one thing you want to get better at right now, what would it be? Gosh, that's a tough question. There's two things, but, and I'm sure you guys <laughs> can, can guess what they are. A and B. I'm sure you guys can guess. It's just the serve and pass. I, I, it's just there's so much to be said about the serve and pass game. So we we focused on both those things last week, and, and we got better at it. But I don't know if people understand how important those are. When you serve tough against an opponent, it makes you look like a really good blocking team, and our girls are a good blocking team, and your defense are able to, to make plays and digs. And when you pass, your setters are able to get your hitters in rhythm, and your hitters look really good. So if we can do that efficiently, we're going to be really good and win a lot. So the serve and pass work never goes away, no matter how good we are, because if you can get really good, you can win a national championship. Mm. One of those uh, passers and servers and hitters is Veronica Jones-Perry, who went to a wonderful high school named Copper Hills. She's a West Coast Conference Player of the Year candidate. Where has she improved the most? Because she's made the jump. She has. Ronnie, it's, it's, 
interesting because I don't think people realize how much work Ronnie's put in the past two years. And so they see her this year and wow, Ronnie's so good, but she's absolutely put in the two years and before that of work to get better. And I think the biggest jump for me is just her offensive um, knowledge, her toolbox, her ability to, to see the set and see the block and then take a really good swing. So efficiently, she's gone up, um, taking smart swings, uh, realizing that she can go high and hard and score. And then the second would be here, obviously, she's playing all the way around and uh, wasn't doing that last year. And as a junior, I mean, just couldn't be more pleased. She's one of our best passers. It's really nice to see, but she can keep getting even better. As of today, BYU, a top 10 team, ranked number nine in the latest AVCA coaches poll, number 19 in the RPI. What do those numbers mean for your team at this point of the season? Nothing really because we can't control them. The only thing we can control is you know how much we're going to win, and so we're focused on the next match. And it's, it's out of our control, those numbers, and we just do the best we can do, and we feel like we have a good resume so far, and we've got five matches left, so there's still a lot to be done. Uh, so we don't talk about it. Uh, Again, it's out of our control, and we just try and focus on the next match, which is Gonzaga. Yeah, we don't talk about it. Why'd you bring it up, Spencer? Um, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> we walk into the team room. It's like nine, nineteen, garbage. Yeah, exactly. Great stuff, Heather. Let's give you some karma for the Northwest road trip. We'll take it. Yeah, are you going to you going to Nike? I will. Is that a thing you guys do when you go? Yeah, it's tradition. You have to. So good. It is the shopping experience of all shopping experiences. I, I understand more why women like yes. shopping. Yes. When I, go. I was like, oh, I totally get it. Is this what it's like? This is amazing. I was in there for six hours the last time I was there. Six, <laughs> six hours. hours. And it didn't feel like long enough. It's, you were in there longer awesome. than church? Wow. Let's Two not, church. Let's not talk about that, church. Jerem. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Heather, fantastic stuff. Good luck in the Thank Northwest. Thank you for having me. Coming up, Jimmer goes off for how many last night? He goes off every game. And Diljeet Taylor of Women's Cross Country. Why has her team taken the next step? What is she holding? Does she come bearing gifts? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. And it's a ball night in the Marriott Center. A.K.A. the Marriott Activities Center back in the day, the Big Mac. Uh, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV. BYU versus Colorado College. Uh, BYU Radio pregame coverage begins at 8 Eastern. Brian Billick brought that up with us. In fact, during yeah, his and it looks honeymoon, like a Big Mac. during his honeymoon, they went to a game at the Big Mac. <laughs> yeah, I think in 2017, if you took your wife on your honeymoon to a BYU basketball game, that wouldn't fly <laughs> as easily as in whenever that was, the 70s. Unless it's Jimmer versus San Diego State 2011. Well, that, right? it, Maybe that yeah, game. Like, what are you doing in Provo? Like, get out of here. Go somewhere else and then come back. Okay. Maybe that's Sundance, Jerem. Maybe it's Park City. Some people do that. That's cool. Why do, the that's final, Provo? why do the final three BYU football games matter at Mark DeMiller? In my opinion, there is a significant difference between 2-11 and 11 and 5-8. and eight. Okay. I don't, I don't think it's as significant. <sighs> Hot take. Oh, yeah, that is uh, fiery, isn't it? Fire the flames, Jerem. <laughs> oh, how the turn table turns table, Spencer. Uh, we're ready for some more hot takes in Studio B, and that is why we have brought on our third guest of the day, Diljeet Taylor. Oh, yeah. Cross-country superstar and coach for one of the excelling programs on campus. Diljeet, welcome to Studio Thank B. Thank you. Thanks. How you doing? Good. Yeah. It's almost that time. It's that time. 
NCA, uh, what is it, regionals this weekend? Yep, we leave tomorrow for regionals. In Logan? Logan, Utah. Uh, far off land. Yes. I know how much you a love, cold the, land. I know how much you love cold the cold land. weather. No, you love the cold weather, Dilji, don't you? I'm warming up to it, <laughs> but no, I don't. Yeah. She had like four jackets before she came up. No, I'm just now, at what point do you start to take all of the credit for what's happening with BYU Cross Country and just kind of let Ed Ison? Yeah, how much is you versus Ed? Well, I coach the women, and Ed coaches the men. Oh, but so... really, you coach the men, too, no. Dale Jeet. <laughs> <laughs> this year, uh, no. The men are doing phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I coach the women, and we're having a good year. You know, the like mindset coming in this year was just get a little bit better each week. Get a little bit better each week. And we've done that. Every race, we've kind of come back and fixed some things. And, and so I'm excited for Friday. What do you expect to do Friday, and what will that lead to in what you hope will be a successful NCAA championships in a couple of weeks? So Friday is our qualifier, and we need to race it. Um, I think four, we're ranked fourth in our region, so we're aiming to just go in um, and try to get that third or fourth spot. I think five teams will actually come out of the region to NCAAs, but yeah, just kind of the stepping stone to nationals. It's interesting because you don't want to go all out. You just want to qualify. No. We want to go all out. We okay. are racing. Okay. We, we are racing. Okay. Yes, we okay. are racing. But some team, like the men, some team, I, pardon the phrase, you know, will mail it in a little bit because you're kind of saving up. Right? Yeah, and they're resting a couple guys. The yeah. men's right. team is. Um, you used resting. I used mail it in. Yes. <laughs> we are racing. Um, I think last year we went into regionals um, with a similar ranking, and we kind of were like, oh, we're shooing for nationals. And the race didn't go quite as planned. We still made it to NCAAs and had a great finish. But um, So this year, the mindset is, okay, we got to conference championships. Let's get into that championship mindset and keep it going through NCAAs. What has been your favorite part about coaching this team this year? Oh, I think the relationship I have with these girls. You know, this is with our top five. This is uh, my fourth season with them. So I guess in other sports, that would you, you would be with them for four years. But with ours, just because we have year-round, you have cross-country, then indoor, then outdoor, now cross-country again. So I know it's just a lot of running. Um, I feel like you just got here. <laughs> I know. It's been but four years? Yes. Wow. It feels that way. Wow. No. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's been great. But I just have a really good relationship with those girls. Um, and so I feel – I just feel very connected. And that, that's – it's a big part of coaching um, is that coach-athlete relationship. So – Absolutely. Here, who are some of the leaders on your team this year? Uh, Laura Young and Courtney Wayment have been doing some good things. They've been our one and two all season long, which has been great. They've been leading the team uh, fantastically. And we have a closer gap. So our one through five is is doing really good teamwork, you know, and working well as a group. Um, uh, Sarah Musselman has been an incoming freshman that's stepped up huge for us. She's great last name. Yeah. Like yeah, fantastic. Oh, my goodness. But, like yes. when everyone picked last names, someone's like, I am muscle man. <laughs> like, I've always wanted to know how last names are selected. But anyway, yeah. So, so you feel like the leadership is, is solid and you're going to make nationals. You're going to run Friday. Yeah, we're going to run well. We're going to make a 10 CAAs. Then we regroup on Monday and kind of talk about what. But right now we're just focusing on the task at hand. And that's just let's get 10 CAAs. Big picture discussion now. If you were to assess the state of BYU women's cross country right now, um, what do you like about where you're headed? Well, I like that um, overall, big picture. I mean, today's signing day, right? So we've signed. Uh, today's signing today's day. Today's signing day. That's great. We got like the best runners in the state. So, Ooh, right? Like, future, yes. future is bright. We brought a good recruiting class in this year. I had a great recruiting class uh, last year that I inherited um, just showing up in August. Uh, so, all things for the future look 
great. And last year was a stellar year for us in cross, in indoor, in outdoor. Um, so the culture's kind of been created, and they're just bringing my vision to life. And that's what these girls are doing. And it, it's the success is attributed to them. They're, they're tremendous athletes to work with. They are, but you have to have good coaching. That matters. Um, you come bearing gifts. I bear like gifts. Like the three wise men. Yes. I guessed your sizes incorrectly. Let's not, let's not ask. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's not ask. Mediums all around. No. <laughs> yeah. Tailor made. So, a little self-promotion. Yeah. You like that You're with the Y? Yeah, you like That's that? That's awesome. That's amazing. It's like between you the lines. It? Like with Coach the Taylor, Taylor May. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yes. I give these to the girls like yeah. in October. Actually, I give them to them on my birthday every year. Last year they got them too. Um, it's like my birthday gift to them. Yeah. This is fun. a fun yeah. gift. It makes okay, me so smile because you're a good guys. marketer. So yeah. yeah. Happy birthday size. to uh, us. One's medium and large. So one is large. You're the medium. What do you? Thank you. Do you want large or medium? Hey, I'll take the large. Yeah. You have yeah, bigger muscles okay. than I do, so you take the large. <laughs> Thank you for making my day. They don't have T-shirts for the mind, though. <laughs> yeah, you're the muscle man up there, right? <laughs> I'm, the mu- I'm the mental muscle man. DLG, awesome. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for uh, the regional meet. Do, do what the football ke- team couldn't, win in Logan. <laughs> Ouch. 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 There's been more ouch than that already this year. I'm not piling on at all. Oh, my goodness. I don't even know how to react. (laughs) And that is the point. And that is the point. Thanks for coming on. Okay. Thanks for having me. Yeah, go win. Go win. (laughs) That reaction was priceless, Jerome. That was, that's that's part of the deal. Let's, that was amazing. Let's, we want it to get a little weird up here. <laughs> well, it, we it do works. that often. Like the uh, program workaholic. Let's, <laughs> let's get weird. Hey, coming up, what do Jimmer Fredette and Leangelo Ball have in common? Okay. It's called the team. NY Dave Rose says Nick Emery will not play in tonight's final exhibition game or Saturday season opener. This is BYU Sports Nation. Taylor made, bro. I just want to go run run. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guests, Greg Rebell, Heather Olmstead, and Diljeet Taylor, a trifecta of guest awesomeness. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up this week, we go two-on-one with BYU football assistant coach Ed Lamb. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. Host Colorado College tonight in the final exhibition game of the season. The Cougars will be without guard Nick Emery, not just in tonight's game, but Saturday's opener as well against Mississippi Valley State, according to Dave Rose. Watch tonight's game on BYU TV at 9 Eastern and on the app. BYU Radio's pregame coverage starts at 8 Eastern. Jimmer! Fredette scores 50 points in a 114-105 Shanghai Sharks win over the Sichuan Blue Whales. Fredette also had 10 rebounds and 9 assists. One assist shy of a triple-double, and he had 3 steals. Those were all legal, Jerem. Football. BYU football plays UNLV Friday night. Still uncertain who the quarterback is. Coach Stake did mention that Tanner Mangum had successful surgery on his Achilles yesterday. Coverage of Friday's BYU at UNLV game begins at 9.30 Eastern with countdown to kickoff on BYU TV and the app. Radio pregame coverage on BYU Radio at 8.30 Eastern. Soccer. Four BYU women's soccer players receive all West Coast Conference honors. Taylor Isom and Maddie Matthews named to the all-conference first team. Michaela Coulihan was named to the all-WCC freshman team. And Nadia Gomes received an honorable mention. Golf. 24th-ranked BYU's women's or men's team is currently in sixth place at the St. Mary's Invitational. Take that, Matthew Delvedova and Alex Jensen. 
Patrick Fishburne tied for fifth after two rounds. Third and final round played two-day. P. Fish, man, the Ginger Quake. Ginger Quake, bro. He's going he's gonna to be the next PGA guy from BYU. That'd be awesome. And he will be. There might be a couple. Mark it down. There might be a couple from this Seriously. Group. Like, they're, they're so good. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. You need the most. DexterLaw.com. Goes to the, uh, it goes to the seniors on the women's soccer team who, in spite of not making the NCAA tournament, still did their best to help their team. Taylor Isom and Maddie Matthews and Matt Eagle. They had a magical run in the early parts of their career. Yeah, a lot of absolutely. Fun. A lot of yeah. fun. Why do the final three BYU football games matter? Speaking of seniors, let's go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At Mel Reed and Wright, we've got to send our seniors out in a semi-good way. They've done so much for us, so they deserve it. Yeah, they deserve some semblance of excitement and hope and finish. It'd be nice. Everyone's acting like BYU's not going to a bowl game. Uh, they're playing Hawaii Thanksgiving weekend. That screams bowl-like characteristics. That's At- awesome. Yes. Yeah. We you should. at least have that. We'll dive into that a little bit more later. Uh, yeah. At Borge Tire, I want to see Bo Hodge develop. I think he's the future of this team. Redshirt sophomore has two years coming back after this season. Can he still stay healthy? The last two games in which he's been featured that's prominently. Been the, that's been the question injured. for every BYU quarterback for the last eight years. Can they stay healthy? It's ridiculous. And he was the backup. My goodness. <sighs> At Tar Heel Cougar. Showing the fight and love for your brothers, especially the seniors. It doesn't matter if it's the last three games of a losing season or an undefeated national championship team. That's why I love this coaching staff and this team. That's a longer tweet. Good tweet. Um, we're going to have to start reading really long tweets now. I just realized this. Twitter's ruined our lives and eaten all our steak. changed our show. Our elite tweet of the day from at <laughs> MattPat underscore international. The last three games can make or break recruits. If you want to think ahead to next year and the years ahead, you better keep those recruits. Oh, and Family Man rocks. There you go. Nicholas Cage! Conversation. (laughs) Leave him at it. Leave the mothers out of this. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. Show on demand. BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Brad Hunter, the punter. We met him. He's a great guy. Great guy. BYU Sports Nation gets back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern. You need to watch Family Man.